I still got no, I'm just, How do I not have a reference for this? Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna shout. I think I'm just gonna shout violence, motherfucker. There you go. Yeah, that was originally gonna be my opening, and then I'm driving here, I thought of the perfect opening ever. Really okay. <laughs> so, right. so uh, yeah, I don't care what order. If you want me to do mine before you do yours, I don't give a shit. Um, I usually go last because I figure, you know, like, I don't know. Mine's just longer. Cause it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's always about size with you people, isn't it? <laughs> You're giggling. Are we ready? Three, two. <laughs> I can't touch Bob and get you to raise the blades. I sound like detox now. I can't trick me. Pound puppy prolapse game. The assholes were out. Oh god. Oh no. She just was not fucking funny. She was not funny that time around. Anyway, hi kids, it's Candy Coat and Razor Blades. I am your host, Bob, and women buy makeup in colors that are named after food. But my favorite color is red rum. And here are my co-hosts. Um, I'm Alex, and I have never in my life yelled at a girl like this. When my mother yells like this, it's because she loves me. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Learn something from this. When you go to bed at night, you lay there and you take responsibility for yourself. Come on. Come on, Andy. I, I'm Andy and I'm dead now. The cats will be eating my eyes momentarily. <laughs> no, the models will be eating your eyes. Because this week we're talking about the Neon Demon. Oh my god, this film is beautiful. Who's got the deets? I have deets. Deet me. From beyond the grave, I deet. <laughs> deet from me hell, hard. From hell's heart, I deet at thee. Um, the Neon Demon 2016, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. He probably doesn't pronounce his name like that, uh, but it's sure? fine. No, he's Danish. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, written by Mary Laws, Polly Stenham, and Nicholas Winding Refn. His story, their screenplay, uh, he hired them to write the screenplay because he felt he was unable to write realistic female characters. He's probably right. Yeah, he even got um, a backing from Elle Fanning, like, backed up the script herself and rewrote some of it. <laughs> well, that's actually pretty normal for him. Uh, it's just the way that the actors have a lot of input, they workshop the fuck out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's good. I, yeah. It makes it more natural. It feels... Yeah, yeah. I mean, even it Abby Lee better. in this movie, because she was a model for such a long time, yeah. she, like, she took... I feel like she deserves almost a production design credit because she took a lot yeah. of the modeling stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, starring, we've just mentioned half of them, but starring Elle Fanning, Jenna Malone, Abby Lee, Bella Heathcote, Desmond Harrington, Keanu Reeves, uh, Christina Hendricks of Mad Men. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Alice, I've never watched. I mean, either. She's awesome on it, though. Is she? Yeah. Alessandro Nivola, which is a really funny mispronunciation because he's actually was born in like Massachusetts, so it's Alessandro Nivola. Um, Carl Glussman and uh, our own Jamie Clayton from Sense Eight is in a. She gets a scene in this movie. Oh, I never watched Sense Eight either. Oh my Jamie, god! No me. Oh, which, I know. Oh the, no. The Where bitchin, was she in the movie? She was the assistant uh, in the... Yes, correct. 
I, she was. Yeah, it's she's been a long time since I've watched her. Not the one who's not the one who's sitting next to the. Uh, oh, to she's the, the one designer. that's selling them next. Come through. Yes, that's her oh, voice all I over it. She appears only in a couple of shots, but and I'm, that's fine. But I do love her. Oh, I, I want to see her work. A lot of great cameos in this movie. Even like the agent at the very beginning who never comes back, but I loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, Christina Hendricks. Fantastic shoes. Yeah. She is. <laughs> she's fantastic. Everything. Um, so yeah, that's uh, well, that's that's the deets of it. Yeah. So yay! Yeah. So now, I, so I, this movie is just fucking beautiful. We should, we, I think we should talk about Holy where we all shit. first came to the movie, like when you first saw it. What made brought you to it? Oh yeah, you brought me to it. Well, I, I actually I've watched it. The funny story about this movie is I have watched it with both of you individually. Oh, you I forgot. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. sit downstairs and watch it with yeah. Me. Uh, we, we've all I have watched it with both of you individually. Yeah. And I yeah. I brought Bob to it because I was I fucking loved it so much. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh my god! And I watched it. I was just fucking transfixed. And I talked to you about it. I don't remember if you had seen it oh, before I, I talked to you. Yeah. Well, we we talked about when it was in theater. So I don't remember yeah. if you had already seen it or not. Uh, okay. I um, I am the podcast resident Nicholas Winding Refn fanboy. So like this movie was on my radar hardcore. I went to see it opening weekend in the theater. I caught it at a matinee show at the Lenox on Saturday. Mm. I it was in one of the big. Theater two or theater one. Oh, one, one of the big ones. One of the really? big ones. Yeah, the one like around the corner. Oh no, no, you're right. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the huge, huge ones. It was the next size down. Oh, okay. yeah, and not the IMAX one. Yeah, but still, that's a big room. I was literally the only person in that room. Oh my god! I had a whole fucking theater to myself to watch my movie. Yeah. I that is my still so just get refinges everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that is the singular best cinematic experience I have ever fucking had, and oh. I wish I could replicate it. Oh. I also saw this movie completely alone. Yeah. I saw it in the smallest theater, the Gateway, though. Right. At, like, 11 a.m. Yeah. on a Wednesday. Yeah, which is apparently the best time to go to see a movie yeah. if you want to be alone. Just Matinee, me baby. in the theater. Like, I was lounging. It's when they yeah. still had the car seats where there was, like, yeah. two connected. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, lounging across them, yep. just watching this movie, loving it. Didn't and Nobody chewing popcorn in your Feeling, ear. like, very, I remember just, I wanted to see this movie because I love models. Oh. I love modeling and fashion, and this is right up my alley. Like, colors I, and fashion. I watched America's Next Top Model from season one until it left the CW. Jesus. It, I All 22 old. years. All 22 Jesus. seasons. Jesus. Yeah. You're old. Thank you. I, 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 <laughs> it only came out in, like, 2000. <laughs> um, I can help. We're all at least 17, so... Yeah, Theoretic. pretty much. <laughs> Theoretic. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, I loved this movie. I saw Mercy in trailers... Time. <laughs> it's very true they really Audience. did push they really pushed the movie hard <laughs> they did TV trailers and, and well, stuff and yeah. the funny thing is no one gave a fuck this is one of the second or third Amazon Studio releases after mm-hmm. the horrific Macbeth oh with um with um not with not with Christian Bale's dude um Christian Bale's he has a dude yeah all Batman Christopher no, Nolan not Batman um, Christian Bale is who I'm thinking of, and oh. I said Chris. I thought I said Christopher Nolan. No, it's Michael Fassbender was Macbeth, and he should never be Macbeth. He oh. should only be Hamlet. He is such a Hamlet. Oh. He was a horrific Macbeth. This has made me. I oh, love yeah. Amazon with a passion for years now, and I saw that movie, and I was like, I was off Amazon Studios. I was like, fuck y'all. I cannot believe you cast Michael Fassbender as Macbeth. He was terrible. I was super. I mean, I, I was super happy that they put out Neon Demon. I I feel sad that they yeah. perhaps didn't make their didn't make their investment back. I feel like they have I think they on did. the back end. Yeah. Not on the so. front. 
I really hope so. I guess it has it has achieved a certain kind of notoriety. In yeah, horror, people in horror love stories. it. It won. It was in the top tens for like everything that year. Yeah, depended on who the critic was. Some people loved it. It's another another one of them polarizing sort of movies. Like I didn't see a lot of polarization though. There was uh, a whole lot of love and very little actual hate, but there was nothing in between. I feel like the people who hate this movie either don't like fashion, right, and don't like the kind of feeling it was going for of trying to be accurate to the world it came from mm-hmm. or they just they were the don't like horror critics it's entirely possible no because that's even i don't know i've seen i just like and i just contradicted myself like six times in a single syllable so i'm gonna just <laughs> accept the fact that whatever it was i thought i had to say i don't have it it's okay so, it's okay let's move on <laughs> was, let's go ahead and start the synopsis let's move <laughs> yes um in a weird twist, this actually kind of does fit really well into that five-act Shakespearean structure, so I'm going to just act one. <laughs> Scene one. <laughs> 16-year-old aspiring model Jesse, played by Elle Fanning, has just moved from small-town Georgia to Los Angeles. The movie opens on her first photo shoot with aspiring photographer Dean, Carl Glusman. Yeah. On the shoot, she meets makeup artist Ruby, played by Jenna Malone who invites Jesse to a party where she is introduced to older models, Sarah and Gigi, Abby Lee and Bella Heathcote, respectively. The three women are intrigued by Jesse's natural beauty and quiz her about her sex life. Jesse pretends rather pathetically that she has one. <laughs> That's the best way to put that. Pathetically. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, uh, the next day, Jesse meets with and is immediately signed by talent agent Roberta Hoffman, played by Christina Hendricks, mm-hmm. the lovely Christina Hendricks. So good who forges her parental consent forms and instructs Jesse to lie about her age. Roberta refers her to a test shoot with notable photographer Jack MacArthur, played by Desmond Harrington, uh, and then Jesse goes on a date with Dean, but rebuffs him when he tries to kiss her. And explains to him why he'd be a pedophile. Yeah. A little bit that. To which he tacitly accepts after a while. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> And, and he starts to get protective. And there is some, there is, yeah, that 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 does not go uncommented upon <laughs> in the rest of the movie. Yeah, right. No. Um, so, um, okay, my first thing I have thoughts. to say that I'm going to say through the whole movie, that is not how you photograph a model. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. No, you would never just sit someone in a seated position and not let them move while you snap the yeah. same picture over and over and over <laughs> right. again, trying to find the one good shot. You understand, right. but that that's not how you shoot a model. That is, however, e- how even, Nicholas Winding Refn shoots movies. Even when you're dealing with uh, a model who's appearing to be dead, and they did this on America's Next Top Model more than once. They did it. <laughs> Recently, they did it in season yeah. seven with Jasleen, who won that challenge. They did. Because, <laughs> well, they've they've done the beautiful corpses and they did them in graves doing the seven deadly sins. Yeah. And they were totally not dead in that. They though. were totally no. not. <laughs> they were generally they were, lively. I mean, they were still in coffins. Yeah, they were. But, you know, when, when you're talking about a, a, pers- a, a, a shoot where a person is supposed to be not living. You still have to move. You do still have to move and get that perfect angle. Yeah. If you just, if you want them to sit in one spot, you take one picture. 
right. and you move on. Yeah. yeah. There, those multiple shots do nothing but waste film and time and money, obviously, because if Jenna Malone was on this set somewhere, he was paying for something. Right? Yeah, he was actually, well, he was paying for the makeup and obviously yeah. paying for the film he, and shit. All, and he's obviously, an, he's an, he's an amateur I don't know if he's an, he is referred to, snidely dismissed as Amateur Hour. Yeah. Yes. Um, although, honestly, I thought the setup was really lovely. It would, it could have been a great shoot. I, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. And actually, what I will say is, throughout this movie, um, Refn films photographer shooting models the way he is commenting on the the fashion industry yes. where it is like instead of being an actual shoot where you're trying to capture something the model is giving you mm. the the shoots are almost like masturbation for the photographer right where they're just like shooting their load onto this yeah you know this model who is not moving mm. and is who is lifeless and unnecessary exactly almost. which is which is you know going into the way a lot of people feel about the modeling industry where the model is a clothes horse they're Sometimes, not yeah they're not people they are mannequins they are yeah. there to be posed and and pretty that's and what they're there the garment for. Yeah. exactly so and i think the that does sort of lead into to like one of the big themes of the of the whole fucking movie which is that exploitation yeah fact, this is a kid she's 16 yep. yes um and on her date with dean he asks about her parents you know what do your parents think of this she's like they don't like they just don't yeah. care you know in my in my um rewrite of the movie in my head or at least she believes they don't care. she mm -hmm. totally killed her parents yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah that is exactly what i thought that's how i felt okay one of the many times that i've watched the movie where yeah. i was just like that bitch killed her parents and I don't left think them she's, in Minnesota. Uh, I simply don't believe that. And the reason I don't believe that is that she she takes literally no action of her own through the oh, entire movie. I, yeah. I she is acted upon. No, mm -hmm. I feel like she is she is almost gifted with a level of manipulation that is beyond what anyone her age could have been. Well, okay, so here's yeah. here is yes, but so here's the yes button. Mm -hmm. um, it's not conscious. She doesn't know that she, at least not in the oh, beginning. Absolutely not in the beginning. And, she and not in the very beginning, but by that date, I think it's clear. It, it's it's starting to ramp up. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is, in fact, I think the one of the major themes of the movie, because this is a Refn movie. Every movie that he's done from Valhalla Rising on is about basically a superhero. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one He's eye just a modeling and, superhero. Well, no, sure. yeah, like, <laughs> and that's the thing. His guy superheroes, like they're they're all they're, like all those movies, Valhalla Rising and Drive and Only God Forgives, are about people kind of uh, at, at different stages of coming into their ownership of their superpowers, mm -hmm. right, as it were. And in Neon Demon, like Jesse's superpower is she's just really pretty, or not really pretty, but like she's got that. Thing. She's got she that it factor right. that yeah. people are looking well for. she has the the ugly beautiful she not it's not even that it's not ugly beautiful because i do think she is beautiful oh, she's yeah. got that chameleon quality to her that a good model should see have. but i almost think she has that weird look like a lot of guys in like reality would not want that right. they would be like yeah you're cute but you're not like sexy she looks like an alien yeah she kind of looks strange but in like a Right. picturesque in you a very know captivating way she's uh what's those what are those dolls called the uh, porcelain doll she's like a porcelain doll yeah i can get that, that you kind of like move her around and you don't want to break her right so you right. always want a light touch and she's so like except when it comes to that makeup because she takes heavy makeup real well oh yeah she you changes can, her look you can real beat well. that mug <laughs> beat real it well. yeah so you know, um but and one thing to notice yeah. about the party when jenna malone brought her to uh, yeah her when ruby brought her brought her to the party First off, you know, the, the line I introduced myself with was said. 
yeah. you know, they name makeup after food, and the Sex. red rum is obviously a shining reference. Yes. Um, and it's actually a legit lipstick color. Of course Aww, it is. It is. Not it really is. Uh, who was ever going to be surprised about that? I think it's either MAC or Urban Decay. One of the two. Not surprised. But no. it's a fantastic color. So the other but, th- but the photographer, the... Um, I, sorry. Wait. Sorry. No, I, I, just, I, 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 I was, was actually getting to a point. No, then I'm backing off. The um, photographer, Dean? Dean. Uh, not Dean. Um, Quinn. Quinn. Not his real name, but his right. character on Dexter. Oh, uh, uh, Jack. Jack. Jack yeah, is his yeah. name. Yeah. He was at the party. Yes. He saw her at yes, the party. Yes, he did. Yeah. And recognized her when she came back. And he yes. saw that quality in her. And that's why he went, I, I mean, as nuts as he was going to get, because he was super low key. I think everything. it was really interesting. He was giving me some um, Poltergeist 2 priest realness. He was a little wow. creeper. Yeah. Little weird. Creeper. What's interesting about that is because you think, like, his behavior feels as predatory as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody's behavior toward Jesse in this movie is really oh, predatory. Yes. Oh, Dean, yeah. Dean, Ruby, uh, Gigi, Sarah, all of them. That scene in the bathroom, those yeah. girls are already, they've already surrounded her and they're already yeah. like, they're, oh yeah, they're, they're, it's Pac mentality. They're, they're, Absolutely. they're hardcore piranhaing her. This they is are. this is like Heather's realness happening right here. It is. They're seriously hyenas on the hunt. Right? Yeah. No, if this was a comedy, this would be the Heathers of this generation. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it's not a comedy, so yeah. it won't be that. No, but, it really isn't. But, but like, yeah. So, like that, and yeah, you're right. And Jack sees her from across the room, and his his stare is very, lands in a very yeah. predatory fashion as well. And, and that's almost cliched in Hollywood, when in movies and films where you've got yeah. the ingenue who's showing up and, and new on the scene, and everybody wants a piece of her. Right. That is super cliched, but the way Reffin handled this was yes. stunning and again, it was that it's it's not stunning that it's not something she's doing it's just this quality that she has exactly and she doesn't know how want. she has it yeah all she knows is like people like do stuff for me mm-hmm. right and like she says it herself she's not smart no she's not smart but i, but I don't i don't think that's true she's not she's not book smart she See, admits that i think on some level she knows what's happening she doesn't quite know why. She doesn't know how to use it until later. But then when she starts to use it, and we'll talk about it, she starts to use it wrong. Yeah, and yeah, she's, so. not, she is, she's never good at what she does. Yes. She is, it must be said, 16 years old. Yes. And so she is, she's a child. Exactly. So and she doesn't have she guidance. Is she's there on her own. Her parents are not there with her. Right. Her parents Guiding let her, her go to L.A. at 16. I don't think her she parents let her go to in the no, 1980s. In the 1980s, she would basically be the subject of a Guns N' Roses video. She would be a hooker. If if it was the 1980s, her hair would have touched Jesus. Oh, God. She would have looked like Tori Amos on the cover of that one record. Yes. Oh, God. Why can't Tori read? It would have been... Still love it. It would have been been like... um, uh, it would have been that or like Imam circa like 1987 with the hair oh, up to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Just so. God, yeah. Damn. Oh, oh yeah. So or even like in this that. Such a good idea. Do you remember season one of RuPaul's Drag Race? Baby wore that like platinum white shiny leather right. cat suit. She oh would have God. totally worn that with her Dolly Parton hair yes. up to Jesus, you know. And I would have loved. I would have lived for it. Marvelous. Oh, I love, I love yeah. this movie. I, I do. Take my what? phone off the table because it's it, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, two. so yeah. the, the two things that I will mention: because, one, um, the contacts got burned to her eyes from that initial photo shoot. Yeah. My favorite fun fact about this movie: yeah. burned to her eyes because she left them open for so long. Oh God! Under oh, those lights, no. yeah, yeah. That's a real thing that happened. Um, Holy shit! And what I love about this movie is unlike. So the real modeling industry, the problem is you will get used to further your career. Right. 
Exactly. I use you to make myself better. And this movie, no one wants to use her to further their career. Because their career is already where they, they want, want to be. use like they want to eat her up. Mm-hmm. They want to right. just like use her as gasoline for their tank and leave her. And the right. thing about that is, um, you're right. It's not that everybody's looking to further their career. She's just the next girl that comes along. Yeah. yeah. Like after the events of this they movie are played. Say it. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Gigi mm-hmm. explicitly says it. These girls come and go. Yeah. Yep. And even she's just this week's. And right. and we can go into this later. But even Sarah, when she, you know, when she uses. Yeah. Uh, her at the end. Mm-hmm. It's not to make herself better. It's to redeem where she already was yep. and maintain herself. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. No one wants even, um, uh, I don't remember the, her name, makeup artist's name. Ruby. 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 Even Ruby just wants her to be another corpse almost, mm-hmm. which of course we'll get to later, but no one wants this girl to be useful. They just want to consume. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so go, yeah. on with, go on with act two. Yes. Jesse returns from her date with Dean to find her motel room trashed and occupied by a mountain lion. Thank you, Bob. You're welcome. The, mo- <laughs> the motel's jaw-droppingly creepy manager, Hank, played by Ooh, Keanu Reeves. Best performance ever. I know. The best I've me. ever seen him in anything. Yes! He, yeah. I've never seen him play creepy. I know. Oh, my God. He's anyway, amazing. Go, 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 go. go. We'll, talk about it. we'll talk about it. Uh, so the manager, Hank, demands that she pays for the damages. Jesse goes to her photo shoot and again encounters Ruby, who's working as a makeup artist. Uh, Jack, the photographer, is immediately smitten with Jesse and insists on a closed set, just him and her. Left alone with Jesse, he orders her to strip down and covers her nude body in gold paint for the shoot. Increasingly fascinated with Jesse and her thang <laughs> the th- that makes her irresistible, Ruby brings word of the successful shoot to Shishi and Sarah, who get super catty about Jesse's rapid ascent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse goes then to a casting call. It's a ghost see, right? Go see, yeah. see. Uh, Jesse goes to a ghost see for fashion designer Robert Sarno, played by Alessandro Davola, where Sarah is also present. Sarno ignores the fuck out of Sarah, is entranced by Jesse, hires her on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the bathroom afterward, Sarah, distraught, smashes the mirror with an ashtray. Jesse, drawn by the noise, enters. There is a confrontation during which Jesse accidentally cuts her hand on broken glass from the mirror. At which point, Sarah lunges at her and starts sucking that blood from her hand. Right. Um, yeah. So Jessie runs back to her motel room and faints, whereupon she hallucinates an upside-down, neon-soaked version of the Triforce from Legend of Zelda. <laughs> that is the weirdest scene in this movie. It is. I, will... That's, I bought the ticket because I knew there was going to be some shit like that in it. Yeah. Right. That's what I was there to see. So it... I will say Keanu Reeves. Yes. This is his best performance ever. Oh, right. Best performance ever. And the amount of things he ad-libbed is staggeringly scary. (laughs) Like, the amount of just creepy pent up in him that he let out. I'm like... He was really good. I'm I'm afraid to leave people alone with you. And... I need you to do this and just be a horror movie actor for the rest of your career. This is where this is where Raffin is one of my favorite is one of my favorite directors. He gets insanely good performances out of people that otherwise you would not expect well, to see it. Because I like Keanu Reeves. I'm not a fan of Keanu Reeves exactly. because he's he's, he's basically blocked. he's Keanu Reeves in fucking everything. Yeah. But in this, I saw a character. I saw that creepy motel guy who's just itching to get his hands on some underage pussy. Yeah. I saw that and it was disgusting to me and I absolutely loved it. No, Ken Reeves is <laughs> vanilla. 
Yeah. Like, vanilla is fine. And if you right. use it well, it's wonderful. You know, the Matrix, yeah. at least the first one, right. he's great because he needs to be as bland as possible so that everyone around him right. And they can build him up. They yeah. can build Neo this one, up. This was no vanilla. Except, no, this was oh, like, no. this is like Asian vanilla. This was vanilla. fucking Moose Tracks is what this was. No, this is like, this is like crazy kinds of like foreign vanilla that we, when you taste, you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Right? It's like, it's, it's an, if I didn't know that was Keanu Reeves, I mean, you, you still would know it was him because it looks like him. Yeah. But yeah. It just doesn't act like it. It doesn't even no. sound like him. No, and like none of none of Keanu Reeves' usual kind of like the tropes Duh. of how he speaks. Now, yeah. I mean, even, none of that is Even when you're no. talking about Keanu Reeves in some of his more serious movies, like The Devil's <clears> Advocate <throat> and Speed, where where he has some emotion to him and some, some pathos he, too. Or did you add that emotion from the other actors? It was Ooh. probably from the other actors, really. Yeah. I mean, if you really talk what? about Devil's Advocate, you have fucking um, not De Niro, the other Pacino. one, Pacino. Pacino, Pacino. When he's on the screen, he just throws emotion around like it's a fucking Jackson oh, Pollock. Yeah. yeah. So some of that's gonna hit Keanu Reeves. Oh, of course. And I think the other thing, because in I think Keanu does. Reeves has tended to be in movies where you show emotion by like moving agitatedly, which yeah. is how he's done it. Right. Like in Johnny Mnemonic, when he goes on that big rant, the, I want room service, and yeah. he's like freaking out. Like it's very kinetic. He he's he's acting with his body. Raffin don't play that shit. No. So he's like, you will, you will remain still. You will keep your emotions off your face, <laughs> but you'll still have. You'll keep it all inside. And when Keanu Reeves keeps it all inside, the result is extremely unquieting and goddamn creepy. And oh so my good. God. But it was you, you know what delicious. Fun side note: I want Raffin's <clears throat> next project to be um, the filmed miniseries of Lock and Key. <gasps> he's doing. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He's That's actually doing a TV series. I don't remember what oh, it is right God. now. I mean, Why I know he, he likes to do his happen? own stuff. <clears throat> he does. But yeah. I think his visual and acting style I would think work for that so well. Winding Refn and Lovecraft or Lovecraftian yeah. themes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, he would um, fucking melt. Yeah. Gimme. He, he, he adapts stuff really well because Drive was an adaptation mm-hmm. and um, Bronson was also an adaptation. Yeah. And those both still feel like his movies, but they are. You know, oh, you know, I forget that he did Bronson. And when I think of Bronson, I just think of Tom Hardy's dick. Yes, Tom yes. Hardy's, you know, cute little bouncing uncut dick. I'm good. Yes. I'm good. Tom Hardy, not slathered little. in not there. Little. I was going to say, little. Not little. <laughs> cute, yes. bouncing uncut dick. Tom Hardy, you, Tom already Hardy. buttered, ready Jimmy. for action. I know, really, Jimmy. yeah. Jimmy. Marvelous no, movie. So uh, that scene, that shoot, where... Yeah. At any level of metaphor from like the paint has come obviously he fucked her there was a bit um, of that um, yeah. it's interesting that I well, uh, make your point I disagree and I'll, I'll, I'll talk well, about and it. I'm fine with that but like yeah. th- just so many references but just that that was the most dynamic you ever saw a photo shoot happen yeah yes. where it was and I loved it even when it. you came in he had the one girl dressed and well, shooting it was almost, she stood still so what I, what I love is if you look at how predatory every character is mm. Quinn, as I will always think of him from Dexter, yes. because that's where he lives in my brain for right. life. Jack, for those um, yeah, yeah. So he, except for Keanu Reeves, the most outwardly predatory character oh, to God. her. What I love is the most outwardly predatory character, except for Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. easy, um, does not consume her, is actually inspired by her and creates for probably the first time in the movie. That we see someone actually right. create something with right. her. And that is right. exactly where I was going because I think his fascination with Jesse, it at first it reads sexual because he orders her to strip and you're like, Whoa. But, that, but wait. You've been primed you've been primed to sort of think that way because yeah. you've already just met Hank. Exactly. Uh, and so you're you're expecting that the next male figure is gonna be acting the mm-hmm. same way. 
I argue he does not have any sexual interest in her Wait, whatsoever. Who's Hank? Hank the is landlord. the hotel, the motel man. Okay, I did not know his name. <laughs> um, Jack, the photographer, has no sexual interest in Jesse. He has that predatory look. He is inspired, and as you said, he's not trying to eat her up. He's not trying to possess her. He's just like, God damn, I see really great inspiration here. I'm going to make some fucking art today. Yeah, and, 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 and that is all Jack cares about. But here, and here, here's where I see his point. Here's where I see Andy's point on that. Yeah. Because also the point. makeup that, that is the, on yeah. her face, <laughs> you're, you're, you're wonderful. <laughs> but it, it, he was anyway. Yeah. Um, the makeup that he did with her, even though he was very obviously touching a 16 year old inappropriately. Um, well, you got to get your kicks where you get them. You, you do. I and mean, to be fair, he firmly believed she was of age. Yeah, she. But he did because he was she's told 19. She was 19. Yeah, <laughs> he probably knew never that they were 18. Lying. That's two on the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always 19. But what he did with her, except for her eyes, I will talk about her eyes in a second. Yeah. The makeup that she already had on, he saw, as in with most blondes in Hollywood, even back to the black and white days, that angelic virginal figure. And that's what he, he made her, her an angel. That was her porcelain skin, too. Right. He yeah. made her an angel. How is it that kind of gold sort of trim thing that Ruby puts on her yeah. face? I mean, yeah, there's something angelic about it's it. It's halo. There's also this kind of, like, sort of, I don't know, this kind of a goddess vibe. Yeah. yeah. I very totally much. get, like, 70s mother goddess out of it more than and I get, like, much. Christian yeah. angel. And he yeah. makes he makes such a statue out of her. Yes, he does. Paint, which is she's Gal- she's uh, Galatea. What I love, yeah. it's, I don't feel like, you know, closed set was because we're going to get her naked as much as closed set was, I need the hyenas away. Yes. I'm yeah. going to actually use yeah. her instead of everyone else who wants to eat her. Uh, yeah. Right. I, 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 the I agree. The only thing that I have a problem with in that scene, I love Elle Fanning. She is gorgeous. I adore the way she looks. Her eyes were dead. They were. But that, that was on purpose. That was, what he wanted. That was on purpose. Um, if you watch, watch her face in that mm-hmm. scene when he's applying the gold paint. Yeah. After her like five second orgasm. Yeah. Pretty uh, much. Um, watch. Well, no, she's she's terrified. Mm-hmm. And it actually. And you watch her expression from this kind of like dead eyed terror and you see it kind of. It does soften. It softens, it does. softens into this. The closest she has ever softens been and will orgasm. ever be to an orgasm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is that is something like her first sexual anything that could be considered a sexual experience. Well, it's very much had. this shoot has the full hallmarks of sadomasochistic sex, oh, yeah. where she is doing the full subroutine of yeah, like right. I am terrified but submitting, uh-huh. and he is just taking from her. And that instance and the result is not a negative. The only time that her result is not a negative. Right. The only time in this film where she is not utterly used by someone to further their own aims. Right. There's a positive experience for her. And we see that for the rest of it. It's never going to work out. Oh, it's not. Right. It's not. Because then we go to the ghosty. I love the ghosty. The ghosty yeah. is amazing. Frank, uh, who was it? Which which girl was it in the go see with her? Sarah. 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 The and actual model. Yes. Who yeah. is? Yeah. And the, she is also beautiful. She was but a Vicky's Secret also, model. She did two mm. Vicky's Secret shows. She has this very. She is she's frighteningly super, thin. Frighteningly. Oh God. Yes. Super thin. And she is. She is that Heidi Klum. Um. That. Australian model that I always forget the name of, but is also like an Amazonian like princess. I think so, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Vendela had more curves though. She, she had a lot more weight than you'd think for the size yeah. of her. But she she is she is the stereotypical anorexic looking model. She's actually right. too short. 
yeah. for yeah. a good model. That's my favorite thing. She is obviously under 5'9", and 5'9 mm-hmm. is like the shortest you should ever be as a model. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, five nine to like six. Yeah, nothing these, above like, that. <laughs> she has these like sunken in eyes. Right. Yes. Uh, almost, especially though. I think she's part of also an ugly pretty. Part of it. Part of it's also the affectation. I think of the movie because later on you see that she does not appear that way. But does no, this almost yeah. skeletal kind well, of thing? She. I think th- what they're trying to give her. The, the vibe they're trying to give her is that she has been around. She has been working as a model, mm-hmm. and she is now. She's hit the wall. Last she's likes. 23 and that's it. Yeah, she's yeah. a little bit too old. What yeah. I love from her modeling career. You and remember I, Sarah. And what I what oh, I remember. His response was so awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What I love about her was, <laughs> I think this is from her career as a model. She takes makeup exceptionally so well. Yeah. So you can alter her face. I, first yeah. viewing of this movie, I did not know that was her. I thought that was a completely different girl mm-hmm. that is You're just right. has no per- like Absolutely. is nowhere else in the movie and I was so fine with it. I, I actually I didn't need her to be Sarah. I was there too cuz I did not have I for whatever reason did not make that connection that yeah that Sarah who was at the audition uh, the ghosty sorry yeah not sorry <laughs> that that Sarah was also the same Sarah who was getting real catty on Jesse at the party. Yeah. yeah. I, I because she looks so different with her yes. hair pulled back and her face is so gaunt. Whereas yeah. Jesse's face, like they put some extra bronzer on her face. Oh, yeah. she, he looks extra bright. Mm-hmm. Like Elle Fanning also, not because of her modeling career, but just because of her like porcelain skin, she oh, yeah. takes makeup like yeah. no one's business. Right. Yeah, she is a full-on canvas for that. And they do a great job of just like some shimmery highlighters, mm-hmm. some good lines. You can glitter, you're yeah. fine. Oh. That is a really brutal scene too, because Sarah is actually well, she's good. Yeah, she's she, gorgeous. She works and she she works. Her walk is good. Her walk is so mm-hmm. much better than Elf Annie. It really is. is. She actually she has like she has clearly put in all this time to be good at what she does. And here comes this fucking kid who just sort of like she didn't even have a card and she's like I don't know I'm just like sort of here I guess it's like oh my god she has actual breasts I love her sign and, her up and the, yeah well but he's gay I know yeah and that is my favorite moment of like that's the oh, we're not there yet but the scene the diner scene yeah. is the first time you actually fully see Elle Fanning's powers fail miserably yep like where she has no power over this guy mm-hmm. she can only be used by him it's yep. interesting uh, we'll Get we'll into get there. Later, cause, yeah, because yeah. I, I, that's, that's an interesting take on that. I um, you don't see it that way. Well, I was thinking. I think that's just. I think that that particular moment. It, what I'm looking at is that it's it's less about her relationship to Sarno. Oh, and more about Dean. Exactly. And but also her her the this air of self possession that is that has kind of been growing in her yeah. since well, since the photo. And we'll talk Jack. about that because that's after we yeah. that's after we the determine the neon demon. Yes, exactly. So this so. is yeah. This is this is like actually this is like the escalation as yeah. things start right. to happen. Yeah, and I and that scene in the bathroom. Which, by the way, second fun side note number two, they couldn't break that glass. <laughs> they could not break that. They actually finally had to give um, Sarah, Abby Lee, a full-size trash can to throw into the mirror. And it shattered into all those pieces. And that's mostly the scene you see. Like, he kept yeah. that because it was so shocking. Because right. they'd literally been like... Went, uh, Refn went up there and was like slamming into the mirror with something and it would not Jesus. break. They're like, we don't know how to break this glass and we don't have the scene for very long. And oh finally just handed her this trash can. She threw it, it shattered and he was just like, film, go, now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And it's, just a, it's a but, very raw scene. But also, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I need to eat the other girls alive. But this is also where you see, um, sticking with Jesse for a second, this is where you start to see that that what is going on as she is she is beginning to ex- she's beginning to believe the hype about her. Oh, I I have a different interpretation of the Neon Demon. Sure. By the way, um, but we'll get to that. Yeah, there, yeah. There, so we're not quite there yet. So she's this is so there's like the conversation in with Dean in Act One where she's she's like, but I'm pretty, and he and then like yeah. at this point she's had a little bit of success and she's had a little taste, mm-hmm. and she's gone from but I'm pretty to when Sarah asks what's it like when you walk into a room and it's like it's winter and you're the sun she's like it's everything yes and that's when that's when she's starting to feel herself yeah Yeah, that ghosty was the first time she understood her power yeah she is understanding the power but not the responsibility she doesn't have a, an idea of what she no, can do because Uncle it. Ben hasn't died yet. No, he has not. And and, and well, and that's again, that's like the <laughs> that's the big. Uh, well, yeah. and, but you'll 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 note that from this point forward, she's mm-hmm. no longer a hero of the piece. Not at all. I never no. saw her as a hero. No, I didn't. I I thought I saw she's... her as I uh, I saw her as the ingenue. She was the good girl until this point. Oh, I always I, I almost see this movie as like. The Bachelor, where it's but it's the villain Bachelor, where everyone gets a rose, yeah, and whoever has the last rose wins, yeah. Because I, mean, I, I never, I never see a protagonist in this movie. I right. see like antagonists playing chess yeah. and trying to m- match with the protagonist, and that's actually my. I always have seen the Neon Demon as a reference to the fashion industry. That is yeah. the other, yeah, the where, other. Where really I see it as yeah. the Neon Demon is not El Fanning. It is the industry that is eating all of them up. It's killing yeah. all of them. Yeah. And you're watching what that looks like at different stages. Yeah. And in, in that sense, it's kind of a, almost a Requiem for a Dreamish kind of. Yes. Yeah. Um, Aronofsky said the plot arc of Requiem for a Dream only makes sense if you realize that the protagonist of the film is, the, is their addiction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And it's still like, it's like the villain is the fashion industry and everyone is an antagonist. No one is winning. Right. Right. This is how we know, by the way, that we're in deep, deep shit because we all like this movie. Nothing right. funny is getting said. Did you mention? <laughs> I tried. I know, right? <laughs> oh, did I mention that the, the the Jehovah's Witnesses came by again yesterday? <gasps> no, you should have been like, "Come tomorrow, bitches! Come tomorrow, we have a podcast." <laughs> uh, no. So anyway, did you answer the door naked in your like American flag? I was shirtless. Towel? I was shirtless. But I'm like, I yeah, just, we're atheists. I'm sorry, bye. I just bye. really want, I, I always wanted to like open the door and come running at them with like American flags. Like, hi, you know. <laughs> Fireworks and sparklers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> three. <laughs> the actions. Thespian. Um, so, Dean arrives at the motel and treats Jesse's wound. Then goes and pays Hank for the damaged room. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Hank sexualizes Dean and Jesse's relationship horribly creepily as real hard candy. Uh, hard then candy directs a, a confused Dean to the room next door to Jesse's, which houses a 13-year-old runaway. Oh, God. Mm. Describes her as real Lolita shit. Fucking ew. Oh, yeah. Room 13. Yeah. Has to be seen. Uh, she, <laughs> completely ad libbed, by the way. Oh, yeah. That was the 100% ad lib that Refn didn't even know was I'm coming. I'm afraid of what news is coming out about Keanu Reeves. By the way, I know he, he's like a super nice guy. Actually, but typically, because like, if, if you do it on screen, it stays on screen. Yeah. It's true. Uh, 213, by the way, shining reference. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, at Sarno's fashion show, Jessie runs into Gigi, who boasts of all the cosmetic surgery she's had to maintain her viability. Uh, she's as... like detox. Nothing's over right. eighteen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nobody can date you. No part of your body is over the age of eighteen. <laughs> as <laughs> God. Uh, as Jessie closes the runway show, she again slips into this hallucinatory state and sees the the creepy upside down Triforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and makes out with herself and herself in a sort of sort of mirror three way. And, and but again, the look. I know, I think, we'll talk about it. Go yeah, go, yeah. go 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 go. Uh, Bob's by now because of that moment. Mm-hmm. Afterward, Dean accompanies a visibly <laughs> changed Jesse out for drinks with the rest of the cast oh. from the show. Sarno mm-hmm. praises Jesse's natural beauty and humiliates Gigi for having to manufacture her own. Dean challenges this viewpoint, but is slapped the fuck down with a truth bomb from Sarno. Mm -hmm. Humiliated himself, he tries to convince Jesse to leave with him. She drops him like this sick beat and fully embraces her stardom, her it girlness. Right. I think, Andy, you meant to say, she dropped it like it's hot. (laughs) Um, so yeah, this is, that's act three. Shake it like a polar um, picture. And Dean really gets beat the fuck up in act three. He gets oh, like, God. he gets truth bombed from everywhere. Truth bombed and out. You, you may have like, wanted to done. say, it must be jelly because jam don't shake. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, Hank, like that conversation that he has with Hank, Hank drops a major, major truth bomb on his ass right there. Oh yeah. The more, the calling out the just obnoxious pedophilia out of that right you know she's 16 and you're right? still and you're still trying to and like we literally watched you on screen like battling with that and coming to terms with the fact that you're like yeah i'm gonna stick it in the 16 year old right absolutely yeah so, so hank is disgusting and repulsive and creepy but that's a major fucking uncomfortable truth bomb that he dropped dean is low-key disgusting and yeah yeah because dean doesn't think he's disgusting exactly no dean thinks he's a nice guy he rationalized to be white knight all the hell he rationalized that like if he gets to slip it in her he can protect her right Right. and and it's there's this kind of um and the other thing hank calls him out for is the transactional nature of their relationship Mm -hmm. like he's got this idea um that if he if he keeps associating with her she might take his photography up with her yeah Mm -hmm. um if he pays for her door, maybe. Yeah, he's <clears throat> he's been friend zoned because at least someone is appropriate to the fact that she's sixteen right. and she probably yeah. shouldn't be having sex exactly that with be, everyone. That would exactly. be her. <laughs> yeah, and go her for being like, yeah, like, I'm not really ready to have sex with you. I just wanted you to take pictures of me yeah. and be and, my friend, maybe. Yeah, and yeah. like be useful. Right. Yeah, because she wants to use people exactly, and she's <laughs> good at it. Right. No. So and, she wants to, she wants to please everyone, which you know gets her to pleasing Dean, but and she baloney. draws the line at sex and baloney. Yes, right. Also draws the line at sex. Also draws <laughs> very much so. Yeah. And we'll talk and about that is, later. Yeah. Um. Um. So but, oh my, but that scene with Keanu Reeves again, super fucking creepy. It's so oh good. God. But so the thing, good, but the though. thing of it is, and that's what I finally realized this last time I watched it is that yeah, the line between good boy Dean and bad boy Hank mm-hmm. is doesn't really exist as well as people as, as right. well as no it's so fucking blurry because it's like Vaseline on the lens because this, uh, this is Hank like dude you're pretty much just like me hey here's a 13 year old you can go fuck upstairs if that's what you're into yeah. yeah well and I love it the Hank Dean is the Sarah Gigi yep 
They are both the same. It is just a veneer of intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're Dean's right. intention is to rescue her and save her and yep. protect yep. her, whereas Hank's intention is to just use her as right. Dean wants to use her, and but like, there's no intention. Exactly. And like Gigi, Dean is completely self-unaware. He yeah. doesn't know what he's no, doing. No, he does not see what's happening or the world yeah. that he's putting himself into. Which makes him really easy to manipulate. Exactly. Even for somebody who's kind of bad at manipulation, yes. as Jesse is. Well, all Jesse has to do with him is, like, blink twice, and he's ready yeah. to, like, dish out his life. Like, yep. he's selling his camera. Like, for I'll real. pay for your room. Seriously. Yep. Um, but, so, and moving on from the extra creepy... Is the fashion it's show. still almost creepy. Is yeah. the fashion show, well, can which I, if, was stunning. If I, can, if I can interrupt real quick, ahead, um, just because this actually goes to the, the, the other truth bomb dropped on Dean. Yeah. is actually happens at the bar after the fashion show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When the designer, Sarno, he's an asshole and I hate him, but that man spoke the truth as he it did. is lived in that industry. He, he did the, he played the best gay stereotype ever as the jester. Mm-hmm. He yeah. told the complete truth. He yeah. did. No blanks, no lies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he That calls, was some serious King Lear fool shit yeah. right there. He calls Dean out on his shit Well, so he actually quotes Henry V. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just, yeah. you know, and Dean's like, hey, well, I think, you know, beauty is on the inside. And he's like, oh, I see. And that's why you're dating her, is it? Yeah, pretty much. Well, it's true. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's the best. Truth it, it is the it's it is more of that line. And it's again, he as the jester, the gay jester yep. blurs that line between Dean and Hank and Sarah and Gigi by pointing yeah. out to Gigi yeah. that you are just as bitter and jaded, even oh, though yeah. you think you've made yourself so wonderful. You are yeah. worse. You are. So are we like the gay jesters? Totally. Can we be gay jesters? I am the gay jester of so many things. All right. I I like Bells and Motley. I've dropped fruit bombs on people so often. It's not even funny. (laughs) Holy shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't don't know if you see this, but I see this. And here's what you need to hear. Sorry. (laughs) So that was, was, I just wanted to get that out while we were still talking about Dean and his bombs. You're absolutely right. But um, yeah, that does fit. Because the fashion show... There's a lot to talk about there, oh, and it's the best off, scene of the whole movie. First me. off, it's fucking beautiful, but yes. then you've got Jesse, who's still appearing naive at the at, at the very least, appearing. Uh, she's, she's she's starting Jessie to do is, that manipulation. She thing. is trying to to like snake in the grass, Gigi, yeah, like bite at her ankles, like oh, I'm this is really mine well, now. This is I yeah. think this is this is the point. This is the climax of the movie. That third act climax in the sure uh, mm-hmm. where Jesse sort of passes from being unself-aware like Dean and Gigi yeah. of what she's doing and, and who she is mm-hmm. to becoming entirely aware of what she can do and what she is doing. Exactly. But um, that's not like Hank and Sarah. Yeah. But that's not in the lead up to the fashion show. No, that's, that's actually during in the, the show, show where yeah. she's making out with herself. Well, and that is the, that is the, the climax of the movie. Which right, is yeah. why I say that's the emergence of the neon demon. Whereas um, the lead up is, yeah. Oh, Gigi, I'm sorry. Is this your seat? Well, see, and what I feel like is um, what Jessie has, if someone had worked with her and trained her, yeah. she could manipulate with a scalpel. Like, oh, yeah. She could just cut fine things and everyone would love her and hate her and be afraid Reading of her. is what? Fundamental. Exactly. But what Jessie does in this scene <laughs> is Jessie picks up the machete of her power. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. just hacks. 
hacks. Yep. And she spends the rest of the movie trying to hack through the thicket mm-hmm. right. and not understanding why it's not working. Right. right. And then, but that's right. the first thing that you do. I mean, when any kind of like a positive feedback thing, whatever it is, like you have this powerful new thing, the first thing you do with it is to break it or break something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really easy to destroy something, a lot easier than it is to build something or, or, or put it back. Yeah, together. and I think, I think even the yeah. end of the movie would have played out differently if she had not broken Sarah yeah. in that moment. If she had kept Sarah as at least a positive force in the world, I don't think things would have played out quite the same. Well, because I think yeah. that she spends... I mean, but but you also have to consider that... Was it Sarah or Gigi in the show with her? Sarah? The show was Sarah. Gigi. Sarah. No, Gigi. Show I meant Gigi. Gigi. Sorry. So, yeah, Sarah was the go see. Yeah. 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 Abby and Sarah, for some reason, are the same name in my head. Don't right. Yeah. So, so, Sarah was... I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to take that from you. Gigi is... And Sarah called her ass oh, out. Oh, is this your seat? Yeah, yeah, Sarah called her ass out. Gigi was just dumbstruck. Right. Yeah, she destroyed she just, Gigi. What the hell? She, but she destroyed that her image in the, the dinner scene mm-hmm. later is also like... Yeah. She took what was... Gigi was in the right-hand seat. She was the power mm-hmm. in that scene. Uh-huh. And she took all of it away yep. without making... Any efforts by sitting further right, and Gigi and Gigi like assumes that she got the part that she got the, her position in the show because she <laughs> fucked the designer, which which is hilarious. That designer ain't fucking no, no. woman ever. Yeah. No. Um, nope. He's so homosexual. Extremely so. I would do that. Um, I did it. Nice. That little mustache is too smarmy for me. Uh, I, I like I his need him mom, to talk. That, that's just, what David's for, Andy. I don't for, need him Andy. to talk. I, I, I'm, the little I'm, tickler is just fun. No, I, I like his truth bombs. <laughs> I have no desire to consume his cummies. So That's a new word. No, okay. it's not. The internet does horrible things to a man. Oh, God, stop. Uh, anyway, so, so no, but you, you're absolutely right. Because yeah. she just, after that show, you see that visible change in her extremely visible where yes. she was wearing almost Laura Ashley long dresses to the floor. You've got this fucking Olivia Newton, John in grease change. Yeah. Yeah. So where it's kind she's of like, tell suit. me about it. Stud. You know, so it's that visible change that Dean is almost oblivious to. He likes it. Uh, until, I don't, he's not paying, he thinks it. Yeah. He, he thinks it's just, she's dressing up to go out almost right. because he is, just completely unaware right but then she who has embraced this oh my god i'm more than pretty i have something that everyone wants they want to be me and she literally says that she does yeah they don't i don't want to be them they want to be me she says that and that's where you know she's like oh i got power and i'm gonna use it Mm -hmm. yeah and I love that. It's it's gross. So on on a on a personal level, it's like no no no. Why are you? Well, everything this? about this movie is gross. Yeah, it, this movie is just like watching disgusting people do disgusting things. Exactly framed for enjoyment. Beautiful. Yeah. Framed beautifully with, with the, wonderful colors. The like best candy. colors ever. It is yeah. a candy colored nightmare. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. Fun, fun fact: Nicholas Winding Refn colorblind. Yes, really. I well, that, the, yeah, he <laughs> can only see like contrasting primary colors. That's yeah. all he has. Which is which is why everything seems to be so, looks like it Red, was basically blue, shot through yeah. a lens of like raspberry jello. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. What, but what but it's I, still beautiful. So I know, we, yes. It's, we talk it's a, about... It's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. The fashion show proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This scene has never worked for me. Really? Never in a million years has this <sighs> extended sequence of her walking out into the triangle yeah. worked for me. Because it's it, never I go with happen. it. I go with it and I, I allow it to just like rush over me and be pretty, but 
they could cut this scene, the movie would not change for me. I think the scene with the mirrors in the triangle has to be there. I think it has to be there. The fashion show itself maybe could have cut down, but the scene with her in that in that kaleidoscope mirror set, the triangles where she's just there seeing herself for the beauty that she is and recognizing that this is her power, it has to be there. If they took it out of the movie, it would not be the same movie. See, and maybe this is where I am I'm always too literal of a person. Yeah. The scene doesn't work for me. Like, like well, I mean in, it's in pretty... what way does it not work? It I just doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. To me, it feels like a diversion of time. Like, it, it feels like what you get in a lot of movies where you have really pretty scenery and the director wants to add this scene or add this long shot. Mm. And it, it doesn't do anything. It's just kind of like, oh, beautiful. I yeah. think so what like, it... So I'm not saying I, I hate it or no, I want I'm, it gone, I'm, but I'm saying that to me it's useless. Like we could cut yeah. it and my life would never Well, I was change. just trying to tease that out because like I think that it, the, the purpose that it serves is it, I mean, first, I mean, this is a hallucinatory scene. It's like a dream space scene. Yeah. This is not on stage. Absolutely. Um, but you also I believe that I could, I could literally have seen I, it happen. I actually believe it's fashion seen, director. Well, but you, you <laughs> also, but you see her kind of come out again and her face is just really composed in that. And you see her kind of grow into this realization of where she is and what she's looking at and that acceptance of, uh, of that, um, of her power. Right. I call it like this sort of self-possession. Yeah. Like yeah. she is kind of possessed by this. The neon. In, exactly. In that sense. And, yeah. and she's, that's the moment when she gives in. So and, like, and, that is the moment when and, she, and I think she signed where, her name in Black Phillip's yeah, little in book. book. In the book. Mm -hmm. So I see that in the dinner scene after. Um, I don't see that in this scene. I don't personally. Yeah. The dinner right. scene is, is the first time that anybody outside of her gets to see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, but but the, that kaleidoscope in that in that triangle of mirrors, where she's like I said, where she's seeing and feeling herself, making for the first time. With her and her. She yeah. she is. This is where I love me, and I'm going to use me to get where I need to be. And I think because you're so literal, you're not quite seeing that. Whereas I tend to be more interpretive, and. If that is what else, I see. I see this is where the neon demon is her and she is finally realizing. If nothing else, this scene um, provides you with the opportunity to realize that she is Hollywood's newest power thruple. Oh, absolutely. All by herself. <laughs> see, and now, I hate that word. Now, I hate it. Now, whenever I watch this scene, I'm just going to envision Elle Fanning looking into the mirrors and going, would you fuck me? I'd fuck, I'd fuck me. Well, I'd fuck me. Well, I'd fuck okay, me too. So I'm totally I'd fucking fuck me. me. <laughs> mirrors, mirrors are all over this movie. Because like when they she are. first when she first meets Ruby, he does, uh, that's Weston, shot. Yeah, he does shot. a lot of over. He does like over the, over the shoulder, shoulder yeah. into the he, mirror. He does she's of, forging her parents' yeah. name. It's in the mirror. He does a lot of two shot mirrors. Yes, mm -hmm. it's like back and forth. But the shot is through the mirror instead of over the shoulder. Exactly, yeah. and he, he's he's really really horny for showing people uh, via their reflections. Yeah, at least in this movie. And when she is talking to Gigi at the, at the before the fashion show, again, mm -hmm. like you, they're, you're seeing them in the mirror. Yeah, still. there's they're, a lot of mirror they're, work. They're kind of impro. Yeah, like you, you only see. I think you only see Gigi's face in the mirror. 
but whereas you, you see yeah. you see Jesse kind of in profile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is which is fantastic because you see her break in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You often see people break in yes. mirrors in this movie. Like, oh yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, the the yeah, Sarah, the the mirror in the bathroom. Mirror in the bathroom, please talk. Anyway, um Sarah breaking the mirror. She hates <laughs> it, it's a song. There's a song called Mirror in the Bathroom. I, I mean I believe you. I just it's good. It's I, the specials. Yeah. Fuck off. Um <laughs> Is that because you're special, Andy? No. We're all special in our own way. <sighs> Which means nobody is special. No, um, I'm special. So yeah, mir- mirrors everywhere. It's basically, and then so it, it stands... It's mirrors all the way down? It really is. And so in that scene, it's really important that it's who she accepts herself at. Mm-hmm. Wait. That she is making out with herself in a so pair of mirrors. is yes. the, the triad of mirrors the sentient whole of the neon demon? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck you, Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> So much glitter. Move on to Act Four. <laughs> act Four. Uh, so Jesse awake. Wait, should Act Four be called the Giant Flow? <laughs> um, is that, that Act Five? That is actually where it ends. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the flowing of Act Four. Um, so Act Four, Jesse awakens from a nightmare of being sexually assaulted by Hank with a knife in the face. Oh, to discover. <laughs> To discover someone fiddling with the door to her room. She quickly turns the bolt and listens in terror as the intruder instead breaks into the room next door and assaults its female occupant. Presumably the 13-year-old runaway. Thir- 214 yeah. with the yeah. 13-year-old, yes. Yeah. He's killing her. Um, she calls Ruby in a panic, who tells her to come over. Uh, Ruby mothers her and tries to initiate sex. Jesse refuses and admits that she is a virgin. As uh-huh. if that means anything. So then she tries again, and that didn't, you know, it, it that, doesn't end That well. was attempted rape, is what that was. It was certainly an And yet she still attack. stayed there. Uh, where the fuck I else mean, was she going to go? That was a gorgeous place. It was a gorgeous house. <laughs> well, of course she wasn't. Really she was. She was, of course she wasn't going to leave because of the implication. Right. Um, I think that's an Always Sunny in Philadelphia line, which I hate Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but that is actually a pretty good joke. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. Anyway. Um so upset at the rejection, Ruby goes to her second job, which just happens to be as a makeup artist at a morgue. Uh, there she pleasures herself with a corpse while fantasizing about Jesse masturbating. Oh, so much saliva. It was so much really. Saliva. Yeah. That also was in slow motion. I don't. Everything that you kind of yeah. don't want to see in slow motion in this movie is in slow motion. Just the, the uh, strings and drool. <laughs> go, yeah. go, 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 go. Ruby returns home to find Jesse now straight up giving Ice Queen realness. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Chi and Sarah arrive, and that's this week's exciting episode of When Bitches Attack. They <sighs> corner Jesse next to the big empty swimming pool. Ruby pushes her into the deep end. Um, fun fact, the Wikipedia article says she, that Jesse breaks her leg. I'm like, uh, bitch, Jesse breaks no. her everything. Yeah. She is paralyzed, bleeding out, and dying beautifully. Yeah, it's still a great shot. She's gorgeously arranged. Um, With her little twitchy toes. Jesse watches helplessly as the three close in to finish her off. Cut to Ruby bathing in a bathtub full of Jesse's blood as Sarah and Gigi lesbianically shower off the gore. (sighs) So much to talk about. Because first off, that scene... I don't know why we had to listen to 10 minutes of the rape of the 13 year old, but 
It Ew. wasn't 10 minutes long. It really wasn't, no. It, it <laughs> seemed like it. It um, totally seemed like it. Uh, it it was this is when it, This is when it turns you know, into a horror movie. So, it, see, here, here, here's a little background on Bob. Bob comes from uh, a background where his mother uh, had some relatively, uh, relative, relatively abusive relationships. Uh, and I have heard that kind of violence in real life. It does not make me comfortable at all. I do not care for it. Yeah, I, it, it you know, if I was to use the word triggered, this would do it. Yeah. it so it felt longer to me, and it was horrifying. It was beautifully horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, and it's, it horrifying. it's supposed to be horrifying. Yes, this is where the chickens come to roost. Mm-hmm. This is where you truly see the difference between the Hanks and the Deans. Yeah. This is also where. I think the blinders come off of Jesse's eyes oh, real hard. Yeah, absolutely. And from here on out, she is completely yeah. opened up to, yeah. she has no control of what her power does, and she yeah. has no way to, to and, stop this avalanche. And yeah. everywhere she turns, all she sees is fucking hungry eyes. Yeah. Exactly. E- even among the people that she thought were friends. And yeah. even and hungry eyes that she invited. Exactly. Yeah, yes. it's not just that they found her, she let them in. She yeah. wanted them in because she wanted them to see her power. Yeah. yeah. And so funny, this is my third and last fun fact. The scene with Baloney making a like, full on <laughs> ride in the corpse. Yeah. All that was scripted was a single kiss. Yep. And yeah. Jenna Baloney jumped right on and went for a ride. And Refn did not know how to stop the camera. Like he was like, yeah. I didn't want it. I don't want to watch it. But once it started, I couldn't mm-hmm. stop. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and I have never, in her career, I have never seen Jenna Malone, uh, beside, be, in, be, except for in this and in Sucker Punch, being a sexualized character. She's not a very sexual person. She doesn't give off sexy. She doesn't. But boy, does she ride. Oh, yes, she does. <laughs> yeah, save your cowboys. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because say, that's that's just, as in terms of wild rides, that's like just below uh, Raquel Welch in yeah. uh, Myra Breckenridge. <laughs> that's oh, just yeah, like, like in movie. my in my other headcanon of this movie, Miss um, Baloney has a humongous clitoris and basically uh-huh. penetrated that corpse. Oh, she her did. Humongous clitoris. She did. Ms. Like Miss Baloney has a humongous clitoris. I believe that. So we go through her. Which is why we're nipples. calling her Jenna Baloney now. I, I love so. I love her as an actress. This oh, is, she's amazing. But she does have her. big baloney nipples. I won't lie. That's just a real reality of her life. Yeah. Oh. But uh, but that scene with the corpse again. I was super so shocked. Shocked. I was just uncomfortable. I was just not ready. And I, it kept it's one of those moments where it just kept going. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I had heard that was an actual corpse. Or was that an actor? No, it's a real person. It's a living person. Okay, good. good, good it good. is an actor. <gasps> yes. <gasps> I do not think they could actually... Now... Unless they were shooting in Mexico. Well, yeah. Like they, fucking, they were... Um, or no. Germany, maybe. Like, they, uh, like Joel Peter Whitkin style, where they like bribed, <laughs> they bribed the, the guy at the mortuary to let them defile well, some corpses. So, was a real mortuary. Yeah. Her doctor was a real mortician, oh, but yeah. this was a paid actor. It was not a corpse. Oh, okay, good. Good, good, good. Hallelujah for that. Yay yeah, for... No sad credit. Bad internet rumors. Wait, Bad. No sad Bad. credit because they never spoke. Not a speaking line. Yeah, yeah. darn it. Sucks. Poor, poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which is awful because that was an extended scene. I know. I feel like you should get extended. like you should get sad credit just for being, you know, Jenna Maloney's horse. Uh, for having to <laughs> swallow Jenna Malone's saliva. Aww. So much of it. So much. It's really. Oh, my it's God. It's an amazing scene. It really is. It's, it's beautifully done. It's, again, gross. Yeah. But beautifully done. <laughs> I would, yeah, I don't, oh, I, I think I would be upset if, like, the corpse fucking scene were not unpleasant. True. Yeah, um, um I just, it, you know, it just takes, 
lesbian necrophilia was never something I imagined no. existed. It was yeah. not. That's a really niche market. I'm it sure. was, yeah. yeah. I just, I never went there. I never thought about kind of it. like, you know, gay midget clown porn, which you cannot find any of. I've tried. But, but that makes sense. Gay people just stick it in things. I well, don't associate <laughs> lesbians with, like, finding sex partners in other objects or dead things. Right. Like, I don't... Yeah. I'm sure they are. I don't want to discriminate. Lesbians can find and do whatever they like. Yeah. But I just... This is not a place my brain had ever experienced. Yeah. Right. These were brand new neural pathways that I didn't need. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were being lubricated with her stringy, stringy saliva. Oh, oh my God. And that, it's just such wow, an wow, uncomfortable... Wow, 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 you know, I, I, I feel like Jenna... Jenna Baloney should have been given an Oscar oh, just for this performance. Oh, yeah. She like, really, she really does. This and later when she's the elevator in The Shining mm-hmm. is just like. <laughs> yeah, The Shining references. Yeah, this just, she did, she did such a fantastic job of, of being just a crazy necrophilic lesbian and an elevator. Right. All but in one is, movie. But not only crazy that. necrophilic predatory lesbian. Seriously, though. But at yeah. the same time, oh you also like. She's, I mean, you actually almost eat carrion. You almost kind of feel for her. She's almost. a vulture like, you lesbian. At least, Vultures, you at least yeah. like understand like the emotional how she got there. Well, maybe not to the corpse fucking. Um, <laughs> to with the well, corpse. But but like the, they do call people in the fashion industry vultures, right. particularly the lawyers. I mean. So, um, <sighs> I've wanted to be an elevator before, but not like that, Nandy. Yeah. Not like that. Yeah. So I guess I have a question. Um, before she goes off to uh, to to ride the flesh boat to Pound Town, oh, um, okay. Like there's that she she takes that red rum lipstick and draws on the mirror with like a face and the, oh, and yes. the X is for eyes. Yes, because that's something I don't that have. That scene in the mirror. Handle. That scene in the mirror. First off, you have to understand she's using that red rum lis- lipstick. To, yeah. to indicate she's marking her territory. She's got that stuffed leopard behind her, just absolutely ham handedly and voliciously showing you this is predatory lesbian. Hmm. I am a predator. I am an animal and I'm on the hunt. Rawr. So, yeah, I know. And here I am with claws up in the air. I know. It's actually. in in dinosaur means I love you. Um, <laughs> so. But no, it, it's put it's very... Do, put your dew claws away, It's Bob. very, this is my territory. You're in my territory. I'm marking my territory. You are dead. Okay. You are on my list. That is what that scene is. And it's it's not even subtle about it. It's, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to eat you. It's interesting, just because I, I, I've i never really known how to take that scene. It's I mean, it's... When it's they just, eat her? Well, no, 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 no just throwing on the mirror. Just, yeah, her drawing the X's on the face in the mirror. Yeah, I don't... I, that's a I, weird scene. It's me. not really symbolism. So it's that, just there. It's, well, I feel like I this movie has weird foreshadowing. Yeah. Like yeah. sucking the blood out of her hand when Sarah yeah. did that. That scene makes no sense except for weird foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Like if what happens next doesn't happen... Yeah. then that scene makes no sense. Right. It's one of those moments when you have like bad mysteries where mm-hmm. like you show, or this is actually the perfect example of this in Saw. Mm-hmm. The first Saw, you have the Zeth, the orderly guy mm-hmm. who is in his own Saw game and doesn't want to be doing what he does. Yeah. But they have that obnoxious shot where he's taking the stethoscope and listening yes. to their heartbeats. And oh, it's like, God. in retrospect, 
that scene makes no sense. Right. You should not have been taking pleasure in that. You were in your own Saw game. Yeah. And that scene was a cheat. It was trying to throw us off unintentionally. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this movie does that. You you almost have to be willing to accept where they're going without knowing where they're going. Right. Because that same scene with the mirror is the same way when you're like, with with no future context... This makes no sense and is really right. strange. Yeah. But right. with future context, I get it. Yeah, I understand right. now. Well, but I get. I get I, That's why there's a the new girl scene, every week. The yes. mirror scene with, with Sarah, you know, lunging at her hand and yeah. basically taking a bite. I can kind of see that in this tribal, predatory. I'm going to have some of your power by eating part of you. Because that is, yeah, that is a thing. I mean, yeah. that's like that's that's actually like a, a fairly well worn black magic trope that it is. you you know you like take the, someone's power by eating a body part yeah like the 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 witch in robin hood prince of thieves like she she's all into the eyes like mm-hmm. she eat your eyes and take your power yeah. yeah i mean that's that is that's traditional yeah. that you consume your enemies to gain their powers absolutely right you know and in this case no one is a worse enemy to any of these girls than jesse yeah. right like she is the enemy that will destroy them all Exactly. So, including herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, including them, even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what's next. Is it does not work out? Well, it works out for one of them, but not for the other two. (laughs) Yeah. So, as as much fun as Act Four is, there's there's less to talk about. There is less to talk about, but we do need to talk about when when um, Ruby comes home. Oh, the true horror movie. Oh, exactly. We've got that draped Jesse in that Grecian drape gown. Yeah. Beautiful. Looking angelic, and she's on. She did her own makeup. Yeah, with glitter. So yeah, glitter. she so sparkles. Glitter. She, she made herself yeah, sparkle. She, that, this is the fuck you, Stephanie Meyer. Sparkle, Neely, sparkle. Stephanie Meyer. But it. So I. This is my least favorite draping Neely of a garment. Ohio. And that she's in right now. So yeah. I am fine with her being killed for this dress because I'm like, oh, girl. So much ruching. Up, this is up there with A-lines. I hate no, like, high tower A-lines. No. Like when you have a when you have a seam right under your boobs and then it flowers out like I you're fucking never, pregnant. I have never been a fan of the Ampere waist. Yeah. Boob oh. seams are mm. unnecessary. They, are. they, they are. just make you look pregnant. They are. I, I don't care for the A-line dress. So either. this but, is, I love this the scene. Speech. Well, I love the speech. My mother always said I was dangerous. You fucking are. It's true. And this is also where I firmly headcanon that she killed her parents. Oh, yeah. This is the moment when I see, yeah, she has alienated every person. Mm -hmm. And the only people she has left are these girls who end up consuming her, end up eating well, she her, alienated, literally. She and alienated all three of them as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. but she didn't way. realize it. Yeah. And, and she, but you also see her standing on that diving board, looking like she's ready to jump, but she's not. She's like, you know what? I'm just absorbing all of this power, and she's like, none of you bitches matter. She's, yeah, she's, well, she's, she's basically... I have the high ground. I'm sitting on Pride Rock. I'm right. the big, I'm the, the big bad bitch. Yeah. Um, that's Compton. We don't go over there. Going over to um, <laughs> about Ruby being kind of the like the head cat. The thing is, basically, these girls are essentially a coven of witches. Of course, um, or at least they function on that level. And, and yeah, and Ruby mm-hmm. is Ruby is the ringleader, and I she is for the bulk. She is yes, and and Sarah is absolutely down and Gigi I think is Nancy I bind you is not not aware <laughs> well Gigi and doesn't Gigi is I don't think Gigi's done it before Gigi is Nev Campbell yeah yeah she's yeah. totally right she's out of the had to have surgery to look better she is yeah yeah I can take this reference really far you can um <laughs> <laughs> 
But and but you're absolutely right. And even her death, like we were saying, is gorgeous. It is. Absolutely. She she it's never loses slow. her power. She never did. She never did. And she which gave is why it to them. They ate it. Yeah. Yeah, and she gave it and, and it, it and it does not work for them. Not yeah. everyone can have the same power. In the perfect My Hero Academia reference, mm-hmm. you can't transfer powers without dealing with it. Right. Right. Exactly. So um that actually leads us into into the the, the denouement or act five or whatever you want to call it. The penultimate act. Yes. Uh, no, it's just the final act. Oh, it's right. Penultimate uh, is second to last. Damn it. Yeah. Um, so act five, the next morning, Ruby cleans up the scene of the crime, topless, showing off her occult tattoos. And her baloney nipples. Those, those real thick lines just around her nipples. Thick lines. I know, um, it's such a weird tattooing. Keep going. She lays in Jesse's unmarked grave as part of some weird ritualistic thing, which culminates that night in the living room where a literal torrent of blood gushes forth from Mr. Vagoo. She is the elevator in The Shining. This is, is the best impersonation really of that elevator. Yep. She yeah. cosplayed the shit out of that elevator. <laughs> best cosplay I just, ever. I kind of wanted to see the carpet. Just uh, to see if it matched. Trust me, you can see the carpet. You, you see everything. But you can't see if it matches the pattern in the uh, the Overlook Hotel. Oh, no, the actual Oh, carpet. I thought you were talking about her <laughs> not carpet. Her, not her pubic hair. Her carpet. Well, I wanted to see if her carpet matched that carpet. <laughs> Oh, if, he, if she had like that weird little kind of hexagonal yes. Yes. shaved into her carpet. That Although her, the pants she was wearing were kind of weird. I think it was like a dress that. at that point. No, it, no they, it, were well, like, they were like jammy pants. They were jammy like pants with no top. Or like yeah. yoga oh. pants or whatever. I don't know. Ugh, I'm just with like going. the thick, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. So, um, yeah, also the next day, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah take, drives Gigi to her photo shoot with Jack MacArthur, mm-hmm. the photographer. Uh, Sarah overhears a conversation about the cutthroat nature of the modeling industry and interjects that she ate the last girl who stole a job from her. Mm-hmm. It's presented as a joke and taken that way by everyone, but Gigi, who starts getting really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's kind of got some of that, the telltale fart going on. Mm-hmm. It's not, she ate something the that disagrees with belch. her. The telltale During the shoot, a frustrated Jack catches a glimpse of Sarah, fires the other model on the spot, and puts Sarah in the shoot. Uh, as it progresses, Gigi feels ill and leaves the set. Running inside, Sarah follows in time to see Gigi as she vomits up one of Jesse's eyeballs, still intact, cries... You know, with the nerve, too. You right? can reattach oh, that. Yeah. You could. <laughs> well, except for, you know, the acidic whatever. It didn't do anything, apparently. That was a very intact ocular nerve. Which, actually, now that I think about it, like, the eyeball that that kid shat out in Kuso and then put into the face and the anus, like, that that, that had nerve You can buy eyeballs in bulk in Hollywood. Anyway. Um, So (laughs) Gigi, Gigi cries, I need to get her out of me! And stabs herself in the stomach with a pair of scissors. Sarah watches Gigi die, eats the regurgitated eyeball, as you do, and returns to the set. Uh, credits. Uh, so this is my question. This is my my, my podcast question of the week. Um, did Baloney die? No. No. You don't think she died? No, no. absolutely not. I, did I not think she that died? That much blood, I feel like she had to have. No. I think that it's, may have been symbolic dream sequence stuff. I don't uh, think that was real. Here's, here's the thing about that. Um, not only do I not because think Ruby is dead. Because she was very moon goddessy worshipping. But I think you're you're probably right. She's not dead. She's the leader of the coven, and she's done so this before. She has. This is a cycle for her. It has to. Does be. the blood attract new talent to, to Hollywood? Yes. I don't know. But it. it uh, but we need to bind her. 
from doing harm to herself. Or I others. bind you, baloney, from doing harm to yourself and harm to others. I bind you, baloney. <laughs> but so, like, I, it's, I'm not sure about the whole torrent of blood. Where that, whether, whether that's like supposed to be a metaphorical thing, or if she just has really, really amazing muscles and she just has like, heavy flow. She like just sucked it all. That up. may not. She she sucked it all up when they, she was in the bathroom and held on. It's in, not in my tub. fault that I have heavy I flow in a white. She was in, she was in the tub of blood. And she just kind of. And like sucked it all in and held it for like the next twenty four hours. I don't believe that's Menzies. No, I I wouldn't know. I believe that's shit. <clears throat> I believe it's just passed right through her. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's it is blood and it's but red. it's a lot of it. But it's red. Um, also, it's <laughs> not Menzies because Menzies is uh, awkwardly clumpy. Well, it is. <laughs> but no, I I believe that that's basically I just ate someone diarrhea. I don't believe she's dead, but she's like, oh, she just passed right through. I mean, it, so like <sighs> like most other you know one shot models, they just pass right through town. <laughs> so basically, so so actually, we never did get Jesse's surname, so I'm just going to assume that her her last name is forever now, forevermore Chipotle. <laughs> she doesn't look like Tino. I can't. Oh my god! But no, I She's mean, shiny the, like tinfoil. The absolute symbolism and the com uh, the commentary in this final act with the commentary what com- commentary. <laughs> um, just first off, that one. One young pretty girl. She's like, oh my god! I told her she should retire. She's twenty one now. She's way too old. Fuck you. Yeah, and I also don't feel like th- this. That's this, not quite realistic. Well, this fashion scene that we have seen now for the entire movie mm-hmm. would never have accepted this person. Right. At all. Like, th- real fashion would have accepted her. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. scene where everything is so quiet yep. and it's all about, like, withering glances mm-hmm. and snarky looks, yeah. this right. girl is not that. She's right. way too blunt and, and oh, absolutely. New York-y for this L.A. crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the movie... I adore the fact that Gigi faltered. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That she was also completely consumed by the Neon Demon, by this industry. And that Sarah, who was probably like a couple years older than Gigi and has seriously outlived this industry, is so much more... Um, baloney's bottom bitch than anyone ever realized. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, because she just took, oh, she just stabbed herself, and I'm gonna eat her puke. Whatever. Yeah, she's like, I'll eat her eyeball. <laughs> she killed. She, there goes some more competition. Right. Gotta exa- get back to the exactly shoot. what it is. Because like, um, well, like Gigi can't handle it because Gigi still doesn't know what she's doing or why. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she like. I don't even think Gigi had any concept of, well, I guess it's time to eat this bitch we just killed. Well, you got to remember that Sarah and Gigi are all like, we worked our way into this. You yes. just have that it factor. Right. Yeah. I mean, we G- Sarah has, Gigi had to recover from a lot of surgeries. Sarah she has did. no delusions. Like, she's just, yeah, okay. Well, you, uh, I'm just glad Sarah ate. And so when... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why they needed a new girl. That's why yeah. she had to open up the floodgates and exactly. invite the new talent. So that's, right. so like when, when, and that's also like when Gigi like throws up the eyeball. <laughs> it literally Sarah's response is, God damn. More for me. I know. She's yeah, like, I need more power anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, and then the credits, the whole credit sequence where it's Sarah walking along the sand mm-hmm. to that marvelous Sia tune. Yes, that was. That Wait, what's Sia? I don't think I watched the. Credits. That was Sia. Um, it's, it's, she, I like Sia. She, I mean, she, she. It was done. It was made specifically for this. Was movie. it? Sia yeah. does great videos. Like even yeah. if her music isn't the best, she is an artist somewhere in there. Oh, under yeah. the, all those bangs. Yeah, I hate bangs so much. <laughs> she, she bangs. Oh she, baby, she bangs. Sorry. Yeah. So, what do we think about this movie? 
I think this movie was fucking gorgeous. I think that even if you are not a horror movie fan, you need to watch this. I think that even if you don't like a slow burn, you need to watch this. I think this movie is not important in the in the in the way that it has a social message. I think it's important in that it is a masterwork in visual filmmaking. It is stunning. I give this movie six million out of five eyeballs that somebody just threw up. It is amazing. I need this movie in my life all the time. It is beautiful and it almost made me cry. It's wonderful. Now I just think of Headless when he like eats the eyeballs and they burst into milk. Um, I I adore this movie. This movie hits a lot of the right spots. I agree. I don't think, I mean, I think this movie does have things to say about beauty and about using beauty and the mm-hmm. ups and downs of using beauty. Yeah. Um, but I think this is one of those films that, you know, like, um, like eight and a half or like <laughs> some of Fellini, like La Dolce Vita mm-hmm. or like just one of those movies that we're going to look at in years from now. And maybe not even this movie as much as any movie in Reffin's career, like his next one could be better than this and yeah. have the same things. You know, like, I think this is the kind of movie that years from now will be remembered just for its artistic beauty. Yes. It's not that we're going to look back and go, oh, that movie changed me. Right. But we're going to say that was an amazing use of what this medium could be. Oh, exactly. And, and there is that message about what the modeling industry is and what it what it I, probably I just, honestly, shouldn't it's, be. It's, I don't think I don't think the world not, needs another message about how shitty the modeling industry is. And I, and I don't think he I, I don't think that's the important. Yes. I think you I, more than I think this uses the modeling industry to talk more about beauty. Yes. Yeah. And to talk about what beauty is. And if you want to pull a message from it, I think you can read a lot about that beauty is a double edged weapon. It is both good for you and bad for you and you have to be able to handle it and in this movie we have a number of people unable to handle beauty exactly or able to and accepting what that means so in that sense like setting it in the modeling industry is kind of a a means of just casting beauty as an asset to be exploited yeah Yeah, and even i mean even we we talked a lot about america's next top model obviously and most of what Tyra Banks has done with that show is the same message, is that mm-hmm. fashion beauty is not normal beauty, exactly. and fashion beauty is work. And if you want it and you want to do it, I can teach you how to do this very specific thing. Yep. Yeah. And I can help change this industry by including people who aren't normally considered beautiful, but teaching them how to cut their hair the right way and act the right way and actually portray emotion Mm -hmm. in their film. And I I love, to me, Refn used modeling to portray his own... Like, Inception is Christopher Nolan's take on filmmaking. Refn used modeling to portray his own take on filmmaking. For him, filmmaking is about exceptionally beautiful images Mm -hmm. static on the screen. And that's how he portrayed modeling. And it's more about what you can get out of a single static moment than you can out of, you know, brushing through things. Exactly. You know, what and what he openly uses the talents of his actors. Now, he does it in a positive and affirming way, unlike the people in this movie. Right. But he is all about bringing something out of them that they did not know they had in that oh, yeah. instance, probably, or they were, ne- they were never in touch with. Right. And one thing I will tell you about this movie that I super appreciated, we've talked about the quick cut MTV edit. None of that. 
Oh no, no. Refn no. does do that. No, shit. he is a long shot None. master. Refn does not seriously. Do that, I mean, ever. this movie, even just talking about it right now, I have chills. It is well, that beautiful. The other me. thing that it's really funny to point out, Elf. He told Elf Fanning to watch one movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the movie was? Which movie was that? It is. Um, uh, the f- sequel to uh, Valley of the Dolls. Beyond the Valley of the oh, Dolls. Beyond, Beyond the Valley, Valley of the Dolls. Dolls. Yes. Oh my God. That's the one, that's the one Sparkle, Ebert. Sparkle, Neely, Sparkle! That's the one Ebert wrote. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, it is really and, fucking good. And that is what, <laughs> that was her reference. It's also unintentionally hilarious. And what yes. I love about it is Elle Fanning did a Keanu Reeves acting job. Mm-hmm. She acted the way Keanu Reeves naturally acts. Yeah. Now, she made the choice, which is why it was better. Right. But she almost was a blank. You could almost read her as being without any emotion. And that's totally yeah. fine because that's that what is, I appreciated uh, about that character because she's like, I am a chameleon. I will be what you want me to be. Yeah. That is, uh, that is that's another uh, intentional. That's another hallmark of Refn's work. Um, yeah. The acting, the performances that he gets out of his actors tend to be very static, keep your emotions. In all inside, off of your face, and just yeah, and they still show yeah. No, but he does because the 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 actual like the tricks that people usually use when they're acting to like trigger like okay, I'm I'm totally showing emotion now, like right. this way you just he it's it, it's all in the mind. He makes Ryan Gosling look amazing. Yeah, and only mm-hmm. God forgives. Um, and I've seen Ryan Gosling in other things, and he I've never really enjoyed. Speaking him. of dudes looking amazing. That beard on Keanu Reeves. It worked well for him. Give me. Yeah. He needed Give a little me. he needed a little trimming on the sides. Little but bit. Yeah. um I, that worked with his uh slovenly tank. So. I mean I mean I so I give this movie I mean I, I give this movie like four point nine out of five um static model shots that aren't gonna make any money for the, right. the uh client. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what I will say though about this movie that I, I adore is that this is that is Refin. And it was only him, and it's his performances he does not use actors to make movies. He makes actors do theater performances and he uses the camera and the set to make movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that because we are in an era of, you know, big name, powerful actors being given free reign to kind of have fun and create a performance, which is often very good. Yeah. But we don't often get that kind of static yeah. thing you can do with filmmaking and that you have to do with theater because you're not going to move sets. So what, right. he's, what he's kind of doing, um, the analog of it, is he's kind of taking the Brian Eno approach mm-hmm. um, where he is taking people who are used to doing things a certain way and gives them these constraints like, okay, you're not allowed to like, you're not allowed to mug for the camera. You're not allowed right. to yeah. wave your arms and flail and you're demand not, you're pizza. Not, you're not allowed to gosling. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. You're not allowed to Keanu. He makes... Yeah. He makes, yeah, and that's why he makes Gosling is fascinating in Refn movies. And he's really not that interesting anywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, and it's, so he, he kind of takes away people's usual tools mm-hmm. and is like, okay, so now here, here are your arbitrary limitations. What are we going to create with this? Yeah. And uh, Eno is really good for that. And he's one of the, the towering music producers mm-hmm. of the last 50 years. He's just that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Refn is kind of heading into, he's not appreciated the way Eno was. No. Um, his movies don't sell he, yeah, he, that well. Refn would need to make something a bit more commercial. Drive was his commercial. Yeah, yeah. and that is still not commercial yeah. enough. It made a lot of money. It did very well. Yeah, and that's probably why we are where we are with what he's done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... Um, the, the best an- analogy is um, Refn is to this kind of visual filmmaking as Woody Allen was to comedy. 
Hmm. Or Woody Allen stripped away all of the tropes of mm-hmm. a 70s and 80s kind of muggy, muggy comedy, comedy and yeah. made it comedy more intellectual and gave a new approach to it. Hmm. And Woody Allen is equally, I mean, people love him and they love his movies, but he is under loved for what he did for the industry and what he presented. Yeah. Part of that is his own fault. You really don't get to marry your own stepdaughter yeah. and come out of that unscathed. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's just in the same way. Woody Allen did that to comedy. Annie Hall is such a funny movie that is not, not traditional funny. Someday I will. I you want will. To. And it's it's not going to you know knock your pants off because right. it's still right. Woody Allen. Exactly. I've I never mean, seen but, a Woody but Allen. But you've got yeah. you've got the comparison with with that era of comedy between like Annie Hall and Lily Tomlin in The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Yeah. You've got that slapsticky or even like on this side Patty and Shack. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it, you've well, got the Academy. laugh out loud. I want to watch the Incredible Shrinking funny. Woman now. That movie I was fabulous. That, that is one of my Galaxy favorites. Blue. Oh god, that that <laughs> was one. It's one of the ones that when it came on HBO, like I'm always there. Oh I'm yeah, there. it was oh. just something that my mom loved, See, I loved, yeah. my brother and sisters I'm, loved. I'm going to tell you what that movie is for me. That's called My Cousin Vinny. No yeah. matter, yes. no matter where that movie is, no matter what's happening, I am there and I am watching it, yeah. and yeah. I am telling you all the things that were cut out of the TBS edit mm-hmm. because I know that movie by heart. That is yeah. a that is a damn near perfect movie. That is my, my cousin. But I, I, but I do occasionally movies. get the Galaxy Glue song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh <laughs> what, what do you rate the movie? Andy? Um, I it's I love Reffin so much, and this is not my favorite Reffin movie. But it's still fucking so good. Like, my favorite is Only God Forgives, which is actually my favorite movie, period. Um, that's, like, Refn at his most Yodorovsky-influenced, mm-hmm. like, seriously fucking crazy. This is... It almost, it almost feels like Refn's riff on Kurosawa. What this does? No, no. Oh, Only uh, God Only Forgives. A little bit, yeah. A yeah. little bit of that. Um it's actually yes, because Kurosawa is really inspired by westerns in some spots, and there's mm-hmm. a very western vibe. And that I, I realize it's not the movie we're talking about, but I love that fucking movie. Anyway, <laughs> so um, so Neon Demon kind of takes that and, and brings it back home to America, and it's um, amazingly stylish, and I love it, I love it, I love it. And being the fan of this that I am, I'm gonna go ahead and give it um, like four point five out of five thousand gallons of blood dripping from <laughs> Jenna Malone's hoo-ha. Baloney blood I elevator. Was, I still think it was coming out of her butt. No. I still think Dookie blood. No. Dookie blood it is wasn't after chunky, me. Like, so like, if it's coming out of her butt, I'm just telling you, she has dysentery and she is dead. I mean, she did just bathe in a lot of blood. Maybe she drank a lot dysentery. of Dysentery. That's what I'm saying. That's She's... how you get dysentery. No, Ruby never. Ruby doesn't skip Kegel's day. She just True. like slurped it all oh up. She she used well. I she mean, has she, vacuum. Butt. She does like basically fuck corpses by kegeling. She them. does. So yeah. I'm pretty sure dysentery is probably in her future anyway. Can you get a staph yeast infection, like a MRSA could. yeast infection? Oh, oh. that's when your <laughs> pussy just falls out. <laughs> oh, uh, you lose the, uh, the, the labia majora. That's where, you only that's have where you're getting like actual leprosy. Gross. This oh. is really putting me off so bad, and I will not cut a second of it because I'm sure it'll. <laughs> Because the audience Ow. needs to feel my fucking pain. That's oh, right. Of course. So, so on that note, with <laughs> Jenna Baloney in our thoughts. <laughs> with her weird-ass tattoos, if you need to contact us, uh, lay eggs in our brain, eat our eyeballs after we've puked them out. I don't know. What does she want to do? Email us at bob at candycodedrazor.com. Visit the website at candycodedrazor.com. I swear I will update it eventually. 
Um, visit us on Twitter at, at CandyRazorBob uh, or find us on Facebook by searching for Candy Coated Razor Blades. And you can follow me on Twitter at ZanmanHorrorFan. That's X-A-N-M-A-N HorrorFan. Or email me at PodcastHorror at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you happen to be listening to the podcast right now. I didn't mention my Twitter details because I nuked it because I hate Twitter and I never check it. So really, like, what's the point? <laughs> anyway, um, go enjoy your eyeballs, kids. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. I usually, I actually usually fade out. I-